Hi, my name is Andrew Hoffman. I'm the executive director of NeighborLink 4-Way, and this is Neighboring. Neighboring is a series that we decided to create in NeighborLink that uh, explores what it means to be a good neighbor through a series of interviews. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we really had this idea of like, what does it mean to, to be a good neighbor? What, what does it mean to engage uh, relationally and practically in a neighborhood, in a workplace? Uh, we started interacting with a lot of different people that were just doing extraordinary things uh, just by being them day to day. And it really starts asking a question. What does our community need? How do we figure that out? What, why do people do what they do? And so we decided to come up with this series called Neighboring. And this is the first episode. And I'm sitting with Lindsay Porter, our community relations uh, director here at NeighborLink. And we're going to have a conversation. Lindsay's got a... And I get to interview you this time. You've been interviewing everybody else. So, Andrew, um, I think it would be important for those of you who don't know you, can you explain um, who you are and just tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you at NeighborLink? Yeah, I'm the executive director. That means I supposedly run the show. Uh, <laughs> I started off as a volunteer in 2005, like a lot of our other volunteers. I started off by mowing the mowing grass for senior citizens and I started painting houses and over the course of a couple of years uh, through my local church and with the community of people that I hung out with we would take on projects and started off very small but eventually you start getting some confidence and I started getting confidence and I started taking on bigger projects and when I started taking on bigger projects I got more connected to neighbors and got more connected to individuals that were seeking assistance through this organization called NeighborLink that I was really just a volunteer with. And as I got to know them, I learned very quickly that, wow, there's this misconception in our community that uh, people in poverty or uh, people in need are there because they choose to be or they can't make good decisions. And what I was finding is a lot of people were just facing life circumstances that looked a lot like me and look a lot like my family and the people that I know. And once I started to get to know them, I would hear their story about how illness uh, hit them or how their age and how their fixed income no longer was able to keep up with the house. And that put me in a really interesting spot personally. And I started really wrestling with this idea of what life and vocation and purpose all intersects with and how that impacts us. And I found myself wanting to leave my job and trying to figure out what was next. And uh, that ended up happening. And I spent some time just volunteering. And, and the director of this organization called NeighborLink uh, contacted me and said, would you like to, to be the director? And so in 2008, I became the executive director of NeighborLink. And uh, for those that don't know what NeighborLink is, we essentially created an online bulletin board uh, as a nonprofit, essentially trying to connect vulnerable homeowners seniors, people with disabilities, uh, low-income families, could be somebody that's dealing with a cancer diagnosis and they're no longer able to work and their husband isn't able to work and their hot water heater goes out and they just weren't able to plan financially for that. So we collect uh, over 2,000 request assistance from neighbors just like that. And we try to mobilize churches, businesses, civic groups throughout our community. We learned that there was a lot of people that wanted to help. They just didn't know where to start how to help, how to begin, or didn't want to jump through a number of hoops that traditional volunteerism presents to them. They mm -hmm. wanted to help, they wanted to go mow some grass, but they weren't really ready to make a long-term commitment. So NeighborLink really tries to bridge those two worlds. Okay, and what kinds of 
projects are there? Like if, you know, somebody like me, I can't do roofing, like what are the other kinds of projects that Neighborlink volunteers do? Yeah, there are a lot of tangible home repair projects. So everything from yard work to cleaning projects, to painting projects, to more significant projects like roofs and furnaces and hot water heaters and um, replacing people's doors. Uh, fixing leaky sinks, uh, all the way down to really simple things of, uh, I have a family member that lives in, in Fort Wayne, but I live, say, in Indianapolis, and I can't check in on them and would really love to have a volunteer just check in on them once a week, uh, maybe go and just visit with them, too. We've had blind uh, veterans that have all of these war stories, but no, but no way to dictate those and pass them down. And so they're really looking for somebody to just come and sit with them and listen and type these notes so they can distribute those stories to their family. So a wide variety of things that fall through the cracks of traditional social service. So there's really something for everybody if somebody's interested in volunteering. There's a little bit of everything, it seems. So There is, it. and we don't, we, the beauty about NeighborLink is we want it to be a platform that anybody, regardless of your circumstance or your, or your stature in life, can ask for help from a neighbor. Mm -hmm. We all have a need at any given time, I have three young kids, and when I need to move the couch that may be too heavy for my wife and I to do together, it would be really nice to be able to have a neighbor to come over and help me just for five minutes yeah. move that piece of furniture. And so we want to kind of create this, this culture that we should be able to ask each other for help. Yeah. And so we start with needs that are true, legitimate needs for folks, but it really does expand far it beyond that. It becomes a relationship and a friendship, yeah. possibly, is, yeah. is the hope. Um, so that being said, what inspired you to create this uh, series, Neighboring? What triggered that for you? It triggered by what we're really trying to do in NeighborLink. Really isn't, we're not really trying to solve any particular need or issue in our community. What we believe that the community needs is for all of us to take responsibility and attempt to become a, a better neighbor. I think at the end of the day, those that volunteer and connect through our organization are really desiring to, to live out their purpose or their values and they're wanting to, to share and help someone else in need. And what happens when they do that, they end up beginning to transform. I begin to get transformed every time I take on a project. Mm -hmm. And I learn a little bit more about my community. I learn a little bit more about maybe what my neighbors are facing. And so the nature of a volunteer project is I leave my home and I go to somebody else's home and I help them uh, do that. But I leave changed by that a little bit. And over time, what happens is we come back to our home and we begin to look around and say, you know, I wonder if there's somebody else in my neighborhood that is in living in a certain similar circumstances. And if there are, who are they and how do I find them out? And then how do I be a neighbor to them? And so that's ultimately what we're trying to do. And the beauty is we see that happening. I see that happening all around us. And in our context, we focus in on neighborhoods, but I think this is happening in a lot of different places. I think a business place, uh, a big corporation acts like a neighborhood. I think mm -hmm. coffee shops or other small restaurants where you intentionally go and there seems to be a community or you can become a regular. And I think if you identify those places where it's a major part of your life where you gravitate to because it's giving you value in some sort of connected way, mm -hmm. I think that is a neighborhood. And I'm really intrigued by those that try to 
try to either interact and engage in that environment or those that are really trying to create that environment. Mm-hmm. I think some of the most inspiring people to my life are the ordinary individual people that are in the public's eyes that are doing something really unique to create community wherever they're at. And so the whole idea for this idea of neighboring is how can we tell each other's stories in order to maybe inspire us all to live differently or in, or engage in different environments differently. So. Okay, nice. Um, so it sounds like you really love your job at NeighborLink and it sounds like a perfect fit for you. Um, would you be able to tell us a little bit more about what do you love most about NeighborLink? What has surprised you most about your job that you're just, you really feel is, you know, makes you love showing up every day? Yeah. Well, I've been deeply burdened, um, deeply burdened by the situations and the scenarios that we see on a day-to-day basis. It, it breaks my heart when we have the opportunity and we get the phone call from, say, an 85-year-old woman who lives independently and is able to keep up, but she looks outside her door, outside her windows every day and the grass keeps getting taller and she knows she physically can't do that. And her fixed income doesn't allow her to hire somebody to do it. And when we're lonely and we have circumstances pushed on us uh, that we can't do anything about, it becomes very heavy on us. But what gives me hope in this whole thing is that I can use my skills and I can see other people using their skills to do something that that's really trivial. Uh, it's really routine, like mowing grass. I may take someone 30 minutes that has the resources. And when that happens, and then I see for that 85-year-old woman, the joy and uh, the happiness that comes when that that tangible act it's almost like I, I've referred to it as like when, when we can facilitate tangible acts of redemption and grace, that is what motivates me because I look at that grass and say, we, somebody should be able to do something about that. Mm-hmm. That's not that complicated. And when we understand the impact that that can have on someone uh, and ourselves, first yeah. and foremost. So I think the reason why I'm so motivated to do this on a day-to-day basis is over the last you know 12 or 14 years that I've been involved in NeighborLink, Uh, This has been a transforming journey for myself, and uh, I'm constantly learning uh, how to be a better person, how to be a better neighbor, husband, father, uh, son, um, whatever it is. And so this environment is transforming, and what keeps us so motivated is that there's so many other volunteers that plug into our organization every day that are having similar experiences. And so I see the transformation happening in their lives Mm -hmm. and the joy that they're getting from helping and how it gives energy and like we have some volunteers that have health issues of their own who could easily be a recipient and could easily stay at home and say i have all this going on in my life and i just can't help but they've chosen to help and they've realized that this gives them more energy and get helps them with their own stuff far more than sitting on the couch and so yeah. the those types of things when I can when we can start seeing the pieces put back together in a neighborhood and we get those glimpses of like when neighbors start interacting and see where that goes and where that can lead that's that's inspiring inspiring to me that's neat I mean it seems like you're in the perfect place so that's cool to hear I'm a connector you know you do all of these these skill building and and strength finders and I really love um, making connections, and I think that's at the core of what NeighborLink does. We don't do anything specific other than connect people that are really interested in helping with people that have their hand up and their door open saying, I could really use some help. And we give give everybody the power 
the power to choose their own journey. Mm -hmm. So we allow our volunteers to choose their own project, interact with the homeowner directly, work out the details and have the experience that they really set out. If a volunteer is going to spend their time doing something, we want to give them the control and then give them the support network necessary in order mm -hmm. to do that well. Awesome. Awesome. So my next question for you, what neighborhood do you live in and why did you choose that neighborhood to raise your family in? Yeah, so my wife and I got married in 2007 and we were like a lot of folks when they first get married, you choose to buy a house, like buying a house is the next phase. We were volunteering and she's a social worker and we spent a lot of times working with, um, you could say, disadvantaged individuals or, you know, I was doing a lot of neighborhood projects and we were becoming transformed by that. And some of the other things that were really inspiring us was this idea that proximity matters. Like we were driving clear across town on a regular basis to do this work throughout the week and it becomes almost unsustainable. So when we decided that it was time to buy a house, we wanted to be very intentional about where we lived. So we looked at the places that we were spending a lot of time through volunteerism, the restaurants that we were going to, uh, the areas of town that seemed to need uh, maybe more assistance. And so uh, we targeted a neighborhood in South Central Fort Wayne called Williams Woodland, but we didn't do it alone. We did this in community. We knew that some grand idea of being able to move into a low-income neighborhood and having some transformative impact was, was naive, and that wasn't really what we needed to do. But mm -hmm. being in proximity and being in community with other people that you want to do life with was very important. And so we chose to move into this neighborhood with another family and so after oh, cool. after another that. after about a year of searching for a house we both had moved into this neighborhood and said if nothing else we want to be neighbors with each other mm -hmm. and when we moved in we had we didn't really know much about the neighborhood it was just kind of a right mix of old house urban neighborhood yeah. needs around us but safety and security within our neighborhood Shortly after, within five, six months, we learned that there were so many other neighbors that also intentionally moved into that neighborhood for a wide variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. Altruistic, because they wanted to be urban, because they wanted to be neighbors. And we discovered that this was a very diverse neighborhood um, that was very committed to each other and committed to kind of creating this environment That's that really cared for one of another. Mm -hmm. And so for the last 10 years, we've been, been in an environment where we becoming friends with our neighbors like some of our closest friends are our neighbors yeah and uh, not because we do any crazy things to be extremely intentional we're very open we try to we show up we engage that's cool but so because is that we, what it means to be a good neighbor to you then I'll ask you the famous question yeah. what is it what does it mean to be a good neighbor I mean I feel like you're touching some of those points I yeah I'll ask that now I think what it takes to be a good neighbor is this idea are you going to live intentionally wherever you're at are you going to think critically about the places you go, the places you choose to live, the places you work, and your role as being one part of several parts in that community? And are you going to live with intention? So for instance, like for a practical neighbor perspective in our neighborhood, we evaluate, my wife and I and our family evaluates the things that we do. Does this take us outside of our neighborhood or does it allow us to stay in? because we want some of our closest relationships to be in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. One, because it's much easier, much more practical that way, because if I can, if we can walk across the street and have dinner with our friends, that's a whole lot easier than driving across town. Yeah, true. 
But our neighborhoods and our houses is the place that we pr protect. We're the most invested in our, in our home and our neighborhoods, and it's the place we protect. And if anything, in today's culture, those things aren't guaranteed. Safety, mm -hmm. security, those things aren't guaranteed. But if we're a connected neighborhood and we're living intentionally with one another, then the strength comes through community. And so I think what it means to be a good neighbor, and I'm really trying to figure this out, which is part of this series, because yeah. this is my my view, and I know it's just one part of the view. So, But I think it, a lot of it drives in, in being intentional. I think there's a difference, and I'm really curious, and what I'm trying to learn is, I think there's a difference between being a good neighbor and just being a good person. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. When challenging things come up in a neighborhood, uh, negative situations come up, um, how would you inspire people just, you know, through your experience to direct their energy in a negative situation like that? Our natural tendency uh, is to respond with fear and it's completely normal. Mm -hmm. It's completely normal uh, for those very same reasons of the people in my house are the people that I'm supposed to protect and I've invested in my house more than anything else and so I have a reason to protect and I have a reason to be afraid. and. Uh, that is a pretty perfectly normal thing. But what I want to encourage and what we found, you know, step by step is like to step past that fear, to recognize that there are typically stories and uh, context behind what you're afraid of that begins to ch shape your opinion. Mm -hmm. And until you do the hard work and maybe the uncomfortable work of going and asking a question, um, so if you hear loud noises or you see something that seems out of place, rather than jumping and re immediately responding to fear, begin changing the narrative of, I wonder what else is going on there. Yeah. And trying to figure out how do you go and find that out. So talking to neighbors and yeah. having clear communication and just simply being comfortable with asking the question and not jumping to an assumption that because it looks broken, that it is broken. Yeah, that's a good There's approach. a reason there are times that it's a reason that it's broken and until you do the research you really don't know whether it's broken because of a reason and a lot of times it's broken because there's something missing there and you get you it does change your response and like oh maybe we could all respond to that so if the grass is growing down the street in this neighbor's house and it hasn't been for a while is it a matter of they don't care or is it a matter of maybe something happened yeah it could be either but until you knock on the door, you begin to search, you don't really know. Uh, and then you can take uh, appropriate action from there, so. Cool. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of pride, not only in your neighborhood, but your city. So if somebody came from out of town, where would you take them? How would you show off Fort Wayne and tell them about our unique story as a city? What, what would be the key places that you would go to? That's a, that's a good question, and it's, uh, it's a very interesting one, and I think it's driven by uh, what their intent is and what they're trying to visit. Uh, we gravitate towards where's community happening? Mm -hmm. Where's good, authentic, small-based community happening? Mm -hmm. Because that is what makes communities and cities thrive. Uh, we'll always choose a local restaurant that is engaged in trying to make their community a better place and making sure that you're having a really great experience to where you can walk into some place and you can have a one-on-one -on -one interaction with somebody and be able to introduce your friends mm -hmm. or your new people um, to make that connectivity. We're taking them through where we think life is happening in neighborhoods. Uh, we're taking them to festivals and things that have that intentional feel mm -hmm. that uh, it's a much about the, 
the community and the experience that someone's trying to create than it is about just a really cool event. So awesome. those are the places we, we tend to tend to choose. Cool. Well, Andrew, thank you for your time. It was awesome to be able to interview you and pick your brain about all of these things. So. Lindsay, thanks. This is uh, this is an exciting series. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm excited to see what happens and see who who comes and who shows up and what stories they have to tell and unique ways that they're able to tell tell stories of what yeah. being a neighbor means. It's it's a hard question. What is what is it to be a good neighbor? I mean, there's not just one answer. So I think that it's smart for NeighborLink to go and step out of the box and ask the people in our community and ask them and get their perspectives on it. So yeah, I think it's a I think it's a question that we always have to ask. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, the answer continues to morph and change. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Well. Episode one of Neighboring. Hopefully this gives you a bit of insight into who NeighborLink is, what the motivations are. I'm really excited. We have a great list. We're starting off with a 12-part series where we're interviewing a wide variety of people, like I mentioned, and uh, we can't wait to hear what their stories are. So we hope that you would stay tuned. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about NeighborLink Fort Wayne, visit us at neighborlinkfortwayne.org or give us a call. We'd love to have you as a volunteer. Or if you have stories about how you are volunteering or how you're trying to be a good neighbor, send us a message and uh, we'd love to hear that and tell that story and include you in this process. Uh, we're starting with a 12-part series. We hope that it continues and grows beyond there. Um, but uh, if not, we get to interact and tell 12 really great stories. So thanks. Stay tuned for the next 12 weeks. Neighboring is presented by NeighborLink, a volunteer organization that connects vulnerable neighbors with neighbors looking to help. Neighboring is produced by Punch Films, a national full-service video production company based in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Creative direction by Lindy Bazil and Lindsay Ray Porter. Music is by Metavari off the recent album, Symmetry. Be sure to visit neighboringpodcast.com to watch or listen to other episodes.